welcome to the Big Kids Book Club. A podcast about all things fictional, from middle grade to young adult. So sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Big Kids Book Club. My name is Marcus. As usual, I'm your host. And joining me for this month's Booktastic Book Club special, I have Rab. Rab, the boys are in charge this week. We've been left alone. Emma and Laura are busy this week. Obviously, it is coming into the summer, so people have things to do. But me and you are going to chat some books. And speaking of summer, that's what it's all about. It's July. The weather's getting nice. Or at least it was before I started recording this. And then it's got grey and great uh, over the day but it was sunny earlier the week i promise you it does does get sunny sometimes here in britain it's it's not unusual but i have rab with me rab how are you doing sir well you mentioned summer in the uk and i've already got to the point where when it got cloudy i was like oh this is nice this is a bit back to to what i feel comfortable with i'd already like i like the heat i like the sunshine but i was like oh i can go out for a walk and i cannot I cannot overheat. So so I must admit, I enjoyed the sun and I'm trying to take a positive attitude and I'm enjoying the clouds as well. But yeah, nice to be here on the uh, Boys Book Club this week. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Boys of Summer, you know, uh, I think there's a, a number of songs that talk about the Boys of Summer and, you know, we are that this week. Um, and so talking about summary reads, and it's kind of a weird summary. Firstly, I nearly fumbled my words there saying summary reads, but what is it about books and summer that seem to sort of mesh together so sweetly, Rab? I think it's the ability to have that time to read in a day uh, and to be able to read in a nice place. Because I think for me, when, when people talk about summer reads, people often talk about reading, I guess, on a beach, which, which I've had some wonderful experience of. But I think my favourite might be if you get a chance and as this is something we, we can do again now here, um, to sit outside of a cafe and read a book. So if you, you're sitting, you've got a coffee that, that someone else has made for you and, and you can sit and just have that time to read. I think summer days feel long, maybe because the, the, the day itself is actually literally longer or maybe because it's sunny and, and time feels to move a little bit slower than it's when it's warm. But it feels like there's sometimes that little bit of a luxury of time to read in the summer that's that's what I like about it absolutely and I think as well obviously we talk a lot about kids books here on the podcast and it is schools out so I think the idea of the drudgery of day-to-day school life helps to you know you've got six weeks of summer um longer if you guys are listening in the states uh and you know there is there's some time to kill there's some time to fill and I think reading a book is great because you know you can definitely while away an afternoon um, I mean, for us bookish types, that's probably our perfect afternoon. But I know for some people, it's quite a new experience. and They can sit down and actually not be challenged by a book because they can take their own time at it, if that makes sense. And I think for kids, summer is the perfect time to explore new things in terms of books. As you grow up, you might go and experience new family holidays, days out and stuff like that. Uh, but books for the summer, you know, is it just be where they're set? Is uh, a setting important for a summer read? Would you class a summer read, for example, um, a book that is uh, possibly not set on summer vacation? So 
I've been keeping an eye, just being aware of this this podcast coming up on this topic. I've been keeping an eye on the Instagram book community because they often do hashtags about different topics where they'll sort of say, hashtag share your summer reads or hashtag share your top five books, that kind of thing. Um, And obviously with summer coming up, a lot of the summer reads ones have come up and it's been really interesting with two genres, which have been the main ones that I've seen most of. It's been romance, which is, I guess, the one you'd maybe expect because it's that kind of fun, happy summer story. Uh, Though sometimes romances aren't that happy, but but that's sort of what you're expecting from kind of a summery romance. And then the other one that might surprise people a little bit more is thrillers are the ones that are being really recommended. Uh, So I think I think there is there is space uh, for a a non summer set summer read. And I think I think it's if it can really capture you and it can take you away, because then if you're sat on a beach or something and you've got time where actually you can read for several hours and you want to know what happens next and you want to know who done it and everything that you can keep going in a way that maybe would be frustrating if you had to stop. So yeah, I, th- I think you can, there's a lot of room for non-summer summer reads, if that makes any kind of sense. It, it does. It does. And I think you're right in, in the terms of, especially I think it's that ebook market, which is really great mm. to capture as well. If you have got a Kindle, because especially like you say, if you want to be voracious and you want to consume a lot of, you're sitting at a beach for a week and you want to basically just read every day, you know, uh, the kids are playing in the pool mm. or in the kids club and stuff like that. And you can just basically de-stress, but like you say, on a, on a sound lounger, enjoy some, some, I don't know, some pina coladas <laughs> and a really good book. I think a thriller because it's going to be that sort of uh, pacey book that takes you like turns the page, turns the page or have, have you pressing the next page button, whatever mm. it is your preference. Same with romances. I think when you have the sort of racy beats you can sometimes get in romances again, you're like, Oh, Oh, what happens next? You know, for kids books, I think I see a lot of it. And I don't know if this is thing, summer mysteries, mm. the idea of having a mystery that is over the summer. Um, now often sometimes these will be like adventurous, um, and one thing I think is actually brilliant is you see this a lot with um, like children's TV, especially stuff like uh, I saw, uh, I don't know if you've seen Craig of the Creek. Uh, Craig of the Creek recently is, I think it's Cartoon Network. Um, uh, basically, it's about these kids who play down at a creek and uh, they're basically almost, it's almost like a fantasy, very Tolkien-esque story told basically in this modern twist mm. with there's this creek and there's this evil king who's running the creek and the kids are exploring it. Obviously set in America, so they have a very longer summer, but there is a lot of these mystery adventures where kids get lost or they go on a mystery over the summer holidays, I guess because it fills in the school time and you can mm-hmm. get lost in it. Um, I don't know how you feel about uh, getting lost in, in the mystery or getting lost in the adventure, but actually maybe summer is a time to let imaginations go. And that's why we get a lot of these style books. It's interesting because um, I won't, I won't reveal what they are quite yet, but that links a lot with the books that I've picked for today in terms of uh, a young adult and a middle grade book in that there's something in letting the imagination run wild in summer. I suppose it's you, if you're a kid and you're on a summer holiday, then you've maybe got the time to fully sink into these worlds. And it's nice. It, it says you say the summer mystery it's, it's interesting that there's so many kids books that are set in schools but none of them are what you think of as the summer reads usually usually the summer reads are the ones where it where it fully goes into either either maybe a fantasy world or just 
a concept that you get really sucked into and you just you just want to keep going with and, and find out what happens with and I think sometimes the joy of, of a summer read is that is having um a place to to run away to in the summer because uh, what what describes summer more than I, I I think if I remember my childhood summers I'm imagining really I mean I grew up in in the countryside so I'm imagining really long days kind of going out on adventures uh, but sometimes those adventures are in your own head when you're reading as well yeah and it's so easy I think for kids to to turn stuff like media that you've taken in and sort of sort of turn it on its head and uh, I mean one of the things I do obviously so I play with my uh, I play D&D with my son and often our D&D campaigns, which, you know, we only play very small campaigns over like two or three sessions because then we get bored and we move on to the next one. But we'll often we'll often focus it around a media that he's interested in at that mm. time. I've done Star Wars ones for him when we were going through uh, watching Clone uh, uh, the Clone Wars series. I have done a Last Kids on Earth sort of type one with the sort of post-apocalyptic and Jake and the, the gang. Um, so... It's easy to see when they do get caught up or swept up in a an IP or some form of media, if it's a book in this case, as we're talking about uh, kids' books, I think it's very easy for them to then suddenly trans- either transport themselves into the narratives or take them and expand them out into whatever else they're doing. If we're playing Lego or something like that, we might then os- often, you know, like taking the Star Wars one for instance, we might make our own Lego starships and no- our own Lego Star Wars stories and play that out in lego because they want to continue their own narratives and i think that's what really books and summer gives them a chance to it's amazing how much we're able as children and and maybe we lose this like as adults to dive fully into that sort of narrative as well uh because it's, it's funny that you use the example of star wars because star wars i um i guess it's such a, a generational thing now um that for for my generation, it was, um, and I guess for yours as well, was the sort of Phantom Menace. So the prequel films were the big ones for us. And obviously there was this, the originals before that, and we've got the new ones now. But we used to, you know, we used to do pretend lightsaber battles with sticks. And I remember, I don't remember there being being a massive amount of grenades in Star Wars, but we always said pine cones were grenades. And we had, um, and you know, this, this was boys and girls, and we had this, everyone was using the force and everything. And we were so in that imagination and so in a game that like you'd argue who who won a lightsaber battle saying you know the lightsaber battle didn't actually happen but you'd be arguing about it if it did and as adults we can sometimes work to get to those places whether it's through uh reading or something like D, as you say or um any other kind of uh, sort of role-playing type game or maybe video games in some way it, it even even things like acting or, or being a writer but for a child up to a certain age it's so natural to leap into those fantasy worlds and I think that's something wonderful about children's books is they can just take those fantasy worlds and go um, and then exist in them as much as they want to and maybe that's why we see so many of those protagonists in those books are the same age range they're the same sort of like eight to sort of 12 year old kids going on adventures because the demographic reading them, apart from us big kids, uh, are basically allowing themselves, they can see themselves in amongst those pages. And I think maybe that's that's what a summer read is, not so much a, a book set uh, in a sort of like summer vacation or summer holidays, or one that you can basically gobble up while you're sitting on the beach getting a nice uh, sunburn. But actually, it's one of those ones that connects you back to what books should do. And that's the joy of childhood imagination. I'm really glad we've come to that conclusion as well, because neither of my two books are set on a summer holiday. 
<laughs> I think I've got one that might be, but um, uh, we'll, we'll get to those. Actually, that's a beautiful segue. I think we have now, I think, put a lovely pin and a little bow to decorate our little talk about summer reads. So I think it's about time we have a break and we'll be back on the other half when we are going to be talking about some books we've read and some books we're going to recommend. Welcome back. So we've had a quick break and we are ready to jump into this week's books we recommend and then into our TBR boosters. So first thing we're going to do is talk about books that we have read, we have loved that fit this whole sort of summary read theme. Uh, so Rab, obviously I have no one to look at on the screen except for your lovely face. So you obviously are going to get to go first this week. So uh, the book that I've brought is, is one that you'll have definitely heard of and I, I suspect may well have read. Um, and for people who have already read this, I'm, I'm recommending it for a re- reread over this summer. Um, and it's Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials, uh, and in particular, Northern Lights, the, the first book in the series. So for those of you that maybe don't know Dark Materials, it's a story uh, about a world which is very similar to our own, except from everyone is able to see their own soul in the form of an animal that they call a demon. Uh, and when they're younger, the animal can change shape. Uh, and when they have, have passed puberty, um, then the animal uh, takes uh, one single shape that represents the personality. Uh, so, for example, there's a, a fairly coy woman in it and hers is a, a golden monkey. And the, the central character's father, I believe his is a white wolf. So, so you've got these different um, animals that sort of represent the the souls of the person um who who were following or who were meeting at the time and our central character is lyra and she has her demon um pan and pan is able to to change shape and it, essentially she's able to have conversations with herself and explore situations as she's going through them uh and it, why i think this is a, a wonderful summer read is because it's there's a couple of things that are key to a summer read. One, we would talk about having time to really get into a book. But I think for me, for a summer read, I want something that's not just going to end. I don't want something that ends quickly. I want something where I can keep going and I can get really invested in that world. And, it, you know, you can read Northern Lights. It's, it's fairly long as far, far as a young adult book goes. Um, but then if you finish it, you've got two more to go. There's a couple of books of short stories. They've now, they've now released some prequels as well. So you can really just keep going as, as far as you want to. Uh, and it's adventure. And we were talking about that real something about summer for, for, for children and teenagers is about going on adventures in one way or another. Um, and I don't think you need to always be in the sun in the story when you're in a summer read. Sometimes it's nice to be reading about a cold place while you're enjoying being in the sun. And, and in uh, Dark Materials, Lyra, she travels from, you know, she, she goes with some uh, gypsy travelers down the canal in, um, I believe it's Oxford. Uh, and then she ends up in, there's a time when she's in ice caves with talking winter bears who, who wear armor and fight each other. Uh, there's a time when she steps into another world um, where she's in sort of an abandoned city. There's a time when she steps into our universe and she's existing within our world. And so she, it's this amazing journey through all these different places. And that's brilliant for us to read. But as well as that, the, the question of, I think, 
something nice about if you're reading at a cafe in the sun or in a beach in the sun, I'm, I'm assuming that people will get some sun this summer, um, is to then actually have that time when you sit and you think about the story. Because if you've got that little bit of time to sit and contemplate, that can be a really enjoyable thing. So I think a good summer read kind of raises some kind of interesting concept as well. Um, and from Dark Materials, the thing that, that everyone ends up talking about is what animal would your, would your demon be, your soul be, if, if you were in this world where you had a, had, had a demon? And I don't know, I've always imagined, I think a, probably a black cat for me. But it's, yeah, there's something where, where you can just sit on, on a beach or in your cafe and just ask yourself those questions. Or maybe if you've got someone else with you who's read the book as well, to get to have that kind of slow and thoughtful discussion about, about uh, an interesting idea. I think, I think that's a real bonus of, of a book like Dark Materials as well. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing, like you said, the adventure, the fact that the world is huge. Like I said, the first book is, is uh, it's a chunky boy, isn't it? It's something like 600 pages at least. Um, but it's something that you could definitely sort of go down that rabbit hole and sort of get lost in it. And for the rest of the summer, you could just like gorge on uh, sort of like dark material, sort of, I guess, excess media as well. I know there's been uh, this TV show that's pretty good adaptation there's a movie that's not so great uh but there's lots of stuff that you can basically enjoy as a fan so i think that's a perfect choice and like you say being transported to many worlds rather than just a single world while you're sitting on the beach perfect it is an excellent young adult book as well i've talked about why it's an excellent book there but it's very good at talking about that experience of changing from kind of child to adult the whole series really is about uh, the central characters, Lyra and then Will, who joins more in the second book. It's about them going from being children to young adults. It's that, it's that transition for them. Um, and it does this through the massive adventure. But in the end, that's, it, it's, it, it's a book about growing up. And it, and it really explores that theme in a, in a very, very powerful way. Well, it's, you know, it's got all these big concepts to think about in terms of souls and religion and everything. But at a core, all it comes down to is growing up. And that's, that's really nice. Yeah, and I guess, especially growing up as a kid, those summer holidays, you're going to constantly, as you keep going up and up through summer holidays, um, George at the moment uh, is going from primary school and starting September, he's going to be in secondary school. So this summer is going to be a very big sort of change for him because it's going to be that last summer of prime. I'm going into primary school. It's going to be something new. Um, so I think summer also has great sort of transitional properties. So I think, yeah, you have knocked the nail firmly on the head there. For me, I have gone back to that mystery. We were chatting earlier about how mysteries seem to come up a lot. Uh, and this one is set in a summer vacation. So the one I'm going to talk about today is The Adventurers and the Cursed Castle by Gemma Hatt. Now, this is actually one going back into the annals of the Big Kids Book Club history. Uh, we actually interviewed Gemma and we talked about this way back on like episode five. So, uh, you know, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's probably last summer we spoke to Gemma, but basically what it is, is you have uh, these kids, uh, Lara, Rufus, Tom and Barney. Barney is a dog, though. He's not a kid. But basically, Laura and Rufus are sort of uh, brother and sister, and they are basically sent down to... Uh, Devon or Dorset uh, to basically spend the summer while their parents are busy, go and see aunt and uncle. Uh, while they're there, they meet Tom, who is basically their aunt and uncle live in this cursed castle called Kexley Castle. And basically there's some weirds going on. And Tom is the son of the caretakers. Um, there's a family that basically take care of the castle um, for, you know, Lauren Rufus's aunt and uncle. 
And effectively, while everything's going on, there's, uh, there's this mystery, there's an Egyptian treasure that goes missing that was basically brought back to the castle, you know, uh, back in the sort of like early 20th century or something like that. You know, when they were doing like King Tutankhamun's uh, uh, tomb got unveiled and everything, yeah. there's loads of Egyptian treasures like, uh, you know, uh, floating about and unfortunately ended up in the British Museum. But uh, one of them is in Kexley Castle, but it disappears. And then there's this mystery about uh, this ancient Captain Jack Kexley. And there's lots of little things about this castle that are, are going on. And over the summer holidays, they're stuck in this castle. So why not let's go and explore them? It's a really good sort of rompus mystery that just keeps you ticking along. Lots of twists and turns, which is what you want. But it's also packaged up in a really really amazing sort of middle grade vibe to it. it it has very much like fantastic five or um what's the 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 secret magnificent seven, seven? secret seven secret something seven. seven yeah something seven it's got one of those ones and it has even been referred to that in stuff like uh you know stuff like the telegraph and the guardian when they've they've reviewed Gemma's books they've even sort of linked back to those sort of like those classic kids group it's almost scooby-doo really i think that's how i call it it's scooby-doo they bunch of kids they've got a dog they solve mysteries it's scooby-doo uh but it's fantastic and if you do enjoy um summary reads like i said they're on their summer vacation solving this mystery um and they just it's really nice lots of friendship and and those sort of things friends going off doing mysteries together so that's why i picked it as my summer read the adventures of the cursed castle by Gemma hat uh well they are some books we read Two very different books. I like the idea of that. Mystery, yours is this more sort of like grand spacious sort of adventure. Um, what are some of the books, though, we are looking forward to possibly reading this summer? So I've gone, I went young adult for the first one and I've gone middle grade for my second one. Um, and this is one that's actually coming out um, uh, quite soon. Um, it's coming out uh, in August this, this year. So just in time for a summer read. Um, and I've actually, I've read the beginning. I hope it still counts for when I want to read because I've only read the first couple of chapters and that's then made me excited for the rest. And it's a book called The Raven Air by Stephanie Burgess. Uh, so I've been lucky enough that I, I'm reading this because I'm going to be doing an interview um, with her for something called the Climate Fiction Writers League. So it, it's something for writers that are, are doing work around uh, environmental awareness. Uh, and and Obviously, I mean, that's one element I love. I, lo I love a book that is about nature and about preserving nature. Um, and essentially, the, the, the key concept of this book um, is, is written out on the back of it, which is triplets. One of them is heir to the throne, but which one? So essentially, um, the, this kind of inspiration for this book was, was um, Stephanie Burgess had noticed that if you look back in history, there's a lot of times when people were looking for the heir to the throne who was a young kid and having wars over these heirs because they wanted to put their particular one in power. Um, but to be that kid, you weren't actually in a very safe position. You, you know, you don't really want to be that kid who's gonna, gonna become king and then get assassinated in a few years time. Um, so this mother, um, one of her three triplets is heir to the throne, but she has refused to say which one is oldest. She's refused to say which one is born first. Um, and eventually um, they've uh, been tracked down to the castle where they're hiding and, and these three triplets go on the run together. What really adds a bit of joy to it for me is there is magic in the book. And uh, the particular magic, which I particularly like, um, which 
um, listeners to this this podcast in the past might be able to guess is there's um, the ability to turn into animal for the for the central character. Now, I have spoken a lot about how my favorite series as a child was Animorphs. Uh, and something that was amazing in Animorphs was that when someone changed into the animal, they inherited the mind of that animal a little bit. And I've already noticed in the reading of this, when this central character has, has begun to transform into animals, she she takes on the characteristics of that animal and it's possible for her to sink into that animal's mind. Um, so again, it's just one of these wonderful worlds um, that I just want to dive into and I, and I want to kind of see what happens in, in, this, this, uh, in this exciting plot. But also it becomes that concept of, I guess I guess I just love animals again, but of what animal would you turn into if you had the power to turn into different animals? Uh, and then also that question of would we as people start to be a bit more respectful of nature um, and our role within nature if we if we could inhabit those roles for a little bit? So so to fo- get to follow a character who's going to turn into these these different animals and uh, hear her story is just something I'm really excited to keep reading on with. Oh, absolutely. And the second you saw that one, I was like, <clears throat> because uh, again, uh, anyone who's uh, a listener of the show uh, will know that we spoke to Stephanie and we had a really good chat about the Raven Air. And I think we even used as our quizzy question for our book giveaway was what animal would you shapeshift into? <laughs> so I think you like completely followed uh, our sort of train of thought there. But oh my days, I love the Raven Air and we are going to talk about it when you finished it. So yeah, that, that you're completely allowed to read the first couple of chapters because I was the same. I read the first couple of chapters uh, and then I think I literally completely consumed the entire book on a single four hour flight. It was just like, mm-hmm. done, that was it. I was like, all right, wheels up, wheels, wheels down. And I was just like, oh, what, what's going on? Oh, it's at the end of the flight. I was in this world, it was fantastic. That sounds perfect, because the book I've got a memory of doing that with is um, John Green's book. Um, Turtles All the Way Down? No. Fault in um, Our Stars? Fault in Our Stars, um, which I won't ruin it for anyone, but it's a book with quite a lot of sadness in it. Um, and if you read it on a flight yourself, when you're traveling to meet some people in a different country, and you're all by yourself, you don't know anyone else on that flight. And this was, this was several years back, mind, when everyone else was on the flight. Um, you're just like, no one knows how sad I am. No one knows all the emotions I'm feeling right now. Um, I can't cry so, in the middle of a flight. It would look weird. Yeah, so I, th- I think um, Stephanie Burgess is, is a much better choice for your for your flight reading if you want something where, where you might be smiling as you're reading rather than, rather than just in floods of tears. But yeah, that's really exciting. Um, I, I'm excited to know that, you, that you've read it as well. Um, I actually, I emailed Stephanie after I'd read the first couple of chapters and was like, are you all right if I, if I bring this up on the podcast? Because I know you've, you've sent this about a review copy. I don't want to be like giving away spoilers or anything. So I'm going to be very careful when I talk about it. Um, so so that's that's wonderful. Yeah, we were lucky to get Steph on the show. She's absolutely lovely. So you'll, you'll have a really good time with uh, that sort of, um, that sort of eco. Uh, are you doing another podcast with her? Is that what it is? It's a it's uh, it's an email interview, which is an interesting Ooh, thing. I've, ne- I've never done done that before um, in the past, uh, but but we decided that would be the the best way to do it. So I'm going to be emailing her to ask her some questions. Um, but rather than it being me emailing her a bunch of questions and she sends a bunch of replies, it'll be emails back and forth to make it conversational. Oh, um, nice. And I've read her book and she's read my book, and because we're both environmentally based, there's going to be a bit of a conversation around that. So yeah, it should be really interesting. That's um, it's Lauren James who heads it up. Um, oh, 
another amazing author we've had on the show who was absolutely lovely. Lauren James is wonderful. Lauren James has done a quote for the cover of my book, which has oh, made me very happy. So cool. She is so cool. And so hardworking. Uh, again, guys, go in back into our archives. Find the uh, interview with Lauren James. She wrote like four books in lockdown. She is absolutely insane. She is such a, such a passionate author. You can just hear it when you uh, listen to her speak. But she's so she founded this this climate fiction writers league which is clearly wow. just another thing on top of everything else she does and and wow. the whole reason she's done it is just to promote and to get people to support each other books that are about being environmentally aware and i think that's such an amazing thing to do because so many people talk about it and so many people want to write those those books but to actually be the person to say let's bring everyone together let's start chatting about this together to say you know we need to make changes here and um, i think it takes both a lot of bravery and a lot of organization which are yes. two very different but very important traits in people yes absolutely well I, I'm, I'm looking forward to now seeing your uh, sort of interview with Steph um, but uh, yes that's a fantastic pick Raven Air highly recommend it but yep I think we're probably going to call it there so otherwise we'll just keep on chatting about uh, random stuff uh, so my book I have had a look at this week and actually it's been one that to be fair it's been on my TBR for a little bit too long but I want to read When Life Gives You Mangoes by Karen Getton uh, this is a book that is basically sort of again it has a very sort of summary vibe because there is a sort of links to uh, sort of a previous sort of summer vacation uh, but basically uh, it's about this girl called Clara she lives in a very small uh, uh, sort of village called Sycamore and she's got a best friend but what's happening is is something's going on she, you know, she can't remember the events of, of last summer uh, and during this time her, her best friend Gaynor is basically starting to act a bit weird uh, meanwhile, a new girl called Rudy arrives from England and apparently everything starts to change. You know, Gaynor starts to become more and more withdrawn. And then Rudy and Clara are going to basically go about the island and try and learn what what's going on. Why have why has Clara forgotten about last year? And, and slowly the memories start to return and she has to face the truth about what happened last summer and, you know, how that's going to affect her moving on. It's one of those ones uh, where I think it's, it's going to be such a beautiful ambience. It's set on like a, a Caribbean island. So it's got that beautiful sort of like take me away from here vibe to it as well with again i've gone mystery see there's definitely something about mysteries in summer reads uh but it's going to be one of those ones where it's had a lot of hype for it uh i think it's got a couple of awards or at least some award shortlists or nominations under its belt so i think it's definitely by time that i went and gave this one a good old checkout. so uh, that is gonna be my one when life gives you mangoes by uh, karen getton i often want in this podcast and i admit that it wouldn't work um, too well in the audio format. But I'd love to have little signs to hold up. Because that one, when you said, when life gives you mangoes, I'd love to have like a great title sign that I just yeah. hold up so you could just see that little moment of appreciation. Maybe like, I suppose for podcast, it should be like a great title sound effect that you can press or something. But that is a fantastic mm. title for a book. Oh, absolutely. It's, um, uh, the concept itself just sounds, it's it's sort of such a, an interesting idea, the idea, because, I think we often fear the unknown more than we actually fear, you know, actual real things that scare us. It's the idea is that's why kids were scared of like the bogeyman and stuff like that, because you're not actually sure what the heck it is. Um, and the idea of actually losing a summer and trying to understand why uh, your best friend is suddenly being reclusive and, you know, what possible sort of secrets are sort of lurking in the past. 
I think can, uh, they're actually more terrifying, those sort of like things that go bump in the night or like say here, the lost memories and what has happened are far more scary than anything we can actually come up with. There's something in, it becomes many things because your mind can go over all the different stuff it could be. And so the, the void there, the gap that's left there by something like lost memories or, or by some kind of bogeyman figure, the brain starts filling in all the scariest possible things it could be where, where something real at least is one thing something very definite, whereas, whereas uh, a gap can be filled by so many things. Absolutely. But uh, that's not a gap in our TBR. Well, possibly it is because we haven't got around to reading them. I know you're reading Raven Air Rab, so you're a little bit ahead of me. But they are two smashing books we think you should put onto this summer's TBR. Uh, you can definitely go and check them out. They'll be in the show notes, so you can ho- hopefully find links to them wherever you are in the world and get hold of those copies and enjoy them. But we have obviously blitzed through today's episode, just me and you, Rab. Lovely to have a bit of a boys talk. Um, but we have come to the end of today's show. So um, we will be back together, I think, me and you, Rab, very soon, because we're going to have a sort of like a, a one-to-one regarding the Landfill Mountains. Now you've revealed the absolutely gorgeous cover art. Do check out Rab's, uh, I guess it's your your Instagram, your Twitter, and your on your website, because you can see all of the, uh, the lovely artwork there. And they're all called the same thing, which is helpful. So it's Rab Tales. So my name and then Tales as in stories. Uh, something else that we've announced um, is we're doing a pre-order campaign as well. So for everyone that pre-orders the book before it comes out on September 14th, we're going to plant a tree. Uh, so that's just a really exciting thing to link in with the, the environmental aspect of the story. And those pre-orders also get uh, linked into a competition where you can win like a fancy book uh, box, where you get free bookmarks and book plates, all sort of stuff. Um, so that's really worth checking out, particularly just for who doesn't love planting trees. Really, really awesome. And I think it's going to work really well uh, with the book as well. It's just such a cool thing when you hear these pre-order campaigns and people are doing something a little bit, something very cool and very different. I love it. So yeah, if, if, if you don't feel like, you know, oh man, ah, I, I want to pre-order it. You're also saving the planet when you pre-order. So there, guilt trip you into that. <laughs> <laughs> pre-order the book, save the world. Exactly. <laughs> but this is unfortunately all the time we have for Rab. Again, uh, those uh, Twitter links, those website links, they're at Rabtails. Exactly. Always Rabtails, wherever you're finding me. Fantastic. Do check them out. Remember to head over to our Twitter at Big Kids Book Club. All one long, lovely word. There you will find lots of fantastic items. We have lots of different planning at the moment. Over the summer, we have a massive summer reads fest where we're having a lot more authors on. We're having two authors on every single week over the summer uh, rather than the normal one and the, uh, the midweek review because people love listening to authors and hearing how they go about writing their books. Uh, so you can find out all of that information there. We have also got something coming up next month in august when we hit our one year anniversary we are like three weeks away from the one year mark so we're doing something special for that uh but until then all i have to say is rab thank you for joining me thank you for having me and i guess we can invite the girls back next time as well absolutely next month they will be back in august for our one year birthday spectacular and we want you there as well so do keep listening out wherever you are please like share and subscribe whenever you can on whatever platform you are listening to and until next time my lovely listeners all i have to do is to tell you to stay safe to take care but most importantly to keep